This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Charlie Mang. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, welcome to the Behold podcast, everybody. Welcome back to another week. Uh, as you heard, this is Sean and Dan and the one and only Chuck Mang. Say hi, guys. Sappy. What's up, y'all? Uh, yeah. Ooh, that was fun. <laughs> so if you guys haven't uh, heard, now that we're back indoors, woohoo. First of all, it's really exciting. And Whoop. just a quick report from both campuses. What an encouraging and awesome Sunday it was. At both services at the crossing and the, the 10 o'clock service at the Altima, just amazing time of of new people coming, of, of worshiping together, of hearing from, from God's word. So we're just super encouraged and excited to continue in that. Hey, this this feels like such like a radio show sometimes. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hey. do something totally radio right now. Here's here's what I'm gonna say. If you began attending Valley Bible Church during the pandemic and you are now tuning in to behold, you found us somehow. The first person to email me at charlie at vbc.online will get a, a sweet prize. I don't know what it is yet, but... Concert con- tickets? <laughs> concert <laughs> tickets to next Sunday's worship service. No. All right, guys. You heard it. Lucky call number one. Whoever that is, something great. <laughs> well, it's emailer, I guess, technically. Or or now nowadays on the radio shows they're like you got to tweet at them so I don't you know, I don't have a tweeter so I'm out. That's wise oh. as a pastor. I think it's good to stay away because we're gonna talk about that later because you'll get canceled, yo. Anyways, before that, hey, just so you know, if you haven't heard yet, at the crossing in Altamont campus, we are now going to be separated by one week our teaching schedules. So that means if you are listening and you normally attend the Altamont campus, then starting next week and everything following for the next season. When we talk on Behold, you're going to be listening to the the teaching from two weeks prior to what you just what you just heard, and then at the crossing it'll be that week. So, still, you heard it, you're ready to discuss it. It'll just be a week later than what you're used to if you're from the Altamont campus. Crossing people and, and Charlie, no you know, j- just from a teaching team perspective, if you could just uh, kind of let us all know what you know what's what's the thought behind doing a staggered schedule at the two campuses and just kind of uh, peel the curtain back a little bit for yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it, it, I mean, I am probably the biggest benefactor from this schedule in that I am teaching every week, but I alternate campuses. And so I can prepare for one week and teach it two times, right? Like I can teach it at the Altamont, and then the next week I'll teach it at the Crossing. Then I go back with a new message at the Altamont, then I go back and get to teach that new message again at the Crossing. Um, my 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 hope is that this is a, a temporary kind of deal. Just as we get back into the flow, as we get back into into how this will all look, um, getting to have two campuses, getting to have multiple services, um, that at some point we'll we'll be at a place where we can kind of get back on the same schedule. Um, but yeah, I, I mean it, it's it's it just frees up certain things that I think are worth freeing up. Well said. And just so everyone is aware, you know, there's there's a lot of benefits we feel right now to having our campuses be on the same teaching schedule and being able to do community in that way. So we're praying that this is going to be a season, you know, and eventually we'll go back. But we're very open-handed and we're just trusting that for now it's going to be just another way that we can get creative in, in this podcast is one of those ways, get creative to discuss God's word. So anyways, that means that today we are going to be focusing on what Gary shared about, which is fear and how we deal with fear. And just before we get really into the mechanics of fear, I think it's important to just address the fact that just like everything else we've been talking about over the last several weeks, really a huge part of this stems from the importance and just God's God's genius and how he designed us to be in relationship with other people. You know, like we talked about with Nathan a couple weeks ago, like relationships and, and and investing in those relationships is a huge way that we can be pointed towards truth and encouragement. And likewise, man, what a powerful way for us to process and deal with fear in a biblical way. And I just, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll jump in real quick. I, I love 
just Paul's use of pronouns in this section, right? God has not given us a spirit of fear. He says, uh, the Holy Spirit that indwells us, by that power, guard the good deposit. Like, there, there's just such good good language of that that idea of relationship. And I think that, man, we've been hammering it these past three weeks, so I'm excited to be going into it again. But just on this, this idea of we have been given everything we need to be courageous in the work that God has given us to do. But one of the caveats, like you said, Sean, is, is that it, it, it involves community. Like, that's what bolsters up Timothy, is that it's done in community. He's like, look at me, look at me, right? Paul's saying, look at my pattern of life, follow these things. It's about having those relationships that really help us launch out and, and trust that, that, man, what God says is true. Yeah, and, and a couple, you know, just examples of that, um, like seen in our in our church family is this morning, uh, we we got to go gather with a bunch of guys um, at the Crossing campus, um, but they were both Altamont and Crossing guys there uh, for for a men's event we we, we called Reveille, which I had to research. By the way, I had to look up what the heck that is. Did you know? Did you guys know what that is before when they started announcing it as Reveille? Did you actually know what that is? Yes. Uh, you have to look Isn't it, up. it? So I know it f- from the song. It's like a. Stop. <laughs> let, Sean, let Sean speak. Oh boy. Well, that's one interpretation. You can think of that. But also it, to go deeper, it's it's a like a call. It's a marching call for like an army to wake up and get ready for battle kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which which is such a cool concept for for a men's gathering. And um, definitely felt that way when I woke up this morning at 5 a.m. Uh, to, to get here, to, to get set up and, and to have everything ready to go by 6. But, man, I was so encouraged just with the amount of guys that came out. Charlie, how many guys do you think were there? I actually went back and counted, and at my count, we were right above 70 folks. That's amazing. Yep. It's amazing. And young, old, crossing, Altamont, single, married, you know, empty nesters, everything. I mean, it was just such a cool mix of people. And, and it just was, it was so heartening to be around these guys that, um, I don't know that, uh, feel like we're, you know, like we're in this, this thing, you know, as one. And it, it was, it, it was great because a couple of guys got up, a few guys got up and shared and, um, just some really, you know, vulnerable, intimate details of, of their life and just were, were raw and honest with us. And, and it was, it was something that, that I think we all kind of connected with. And, and then we got a chance to, to get together in groups and pray together and, and we worship together in song. And, and I'll just say, I just love, I'll, I'll just yeah. say it wasn't just raw and intimate. It was powerful. Like there was power communicated, right? Like People were talking about some of the things that they've struggled through, things that they've gone through, um, even even currently things that they're wrestling with. And yet, foundationally, for everybody that shared, it was we have the power of Jesus, and 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 yeah. we we can continue on in this uh, as a community, you know, in, in these specific areas that men tend to struggle in. It was great. It was really cool. Oh, totally. And and if you kind of carry the, and I know it's it's sometimes a little bit played out, and it can it can maybe be helpful or, or, or not, but, but if you, if you kind of roll that analogy forward of like battle, you know, in an army preparing to go, to move forth and like take ground and advance, um, you know, you just, and, and you relate it to this idea of fear, like imagine, you know, going into battle by yourself, like going on to, to face a, you know, a foreign invader or whatever in face the enemy. And you have no, you have no comrades, you have no, nobody with you. To, to, to do that with, you know, and, and you, then you compare that with, um, okay, going to battle with your brothers, you know, and you, and you've got this army behind you and you've got the power of God behind you and you've got the promises and of the word, you know, that you can stand on and you've got weapons that are, um, are not of this world. They, they have spiritual powers to tear down strongholds. Right. So, so you, you still might be afraid. There still might be a component of fear when you go into that battle, but it's way different than if you're just kind of on on your own, like facing that whole army, right? Yeah, I love that. And just a quick note, I know we're talking about Reveille and, and men in battle and stuff, but the same thing for all you ladies out there. We have all these women's events and it's the same thing. You know, we're, we're, we're doing these things for this purpose so that we can connect with people going through what we're going through 
to be able to discuss it freely without shame and encourage and, and build up one another to be able to tackle those things. So, yeah. Well, and, and you should tell them, you know, about, about our, our thing we have coming up tomorrow that, that uh, it is not just for men, but it's for everybody. It's the same same kind of thing that we're getting at. Well, I think, and, and right? Sean, when Sean. will this be posted? Uh, it'll be today for you guys listening because it'll be Thursday Beautiful. morning. So. Yeah, today. Today. Today, y'all. Come tonight. Tonight, one night only at Valley Bible Church at the Crossing in Pleasanton, California. The lucky 10th Thursday, Thursday, attender. Thursday. Wow. <laughs> extol, extol, extol. Yeah. Tell him, Sean, what are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, Dude, God, God help us. So those of you, you're listening, it's Thursday morning. Woohoo. Oh my gosh. So today is National Day of Prayer, which first of all, which is awesome. So hopefully you're using this day well, and you're going to take time out of your day to pray. You can come to the Crossing Campus at any point today, and there's going to be people there to pray with you as well. But then the grand finale is tonight at seven o'clock. So Thursday at seven o'clock, we are having our first indoor extol worship service in over a year. That's unbelievable. And we're so excited to yeah. to be in the same room and just to worship and shout praises to God together. And as we do that, you know, we're going to have time for prayer as well built into that. And man, what a powerful way again to just in a biblical God-honoring way combat fear that this world has to offer, right? I mean, how many times you reading through the Psalms, like listen to David talk and he's encountering armies and all these different things. What does he do? He praises the living God and entrusts these things to him. And so we're excited to do that same process tonight, seven o'clock at Extol. The lucky 10th attender may get a giveaway. Woo! <laughs> well, and how, how great does that segue into what, what Gary taught through at the crossing uh, this past Sunday? Just the, the I don't know, the, the confidence we have in the face of opposition, in the face of hostility, in the face of of whatever might produce fear in our lives, a fear that would would um, allow us to refrain from doing the work that God has called us to, and and Him just going through these these characteristics of who our God is, right? And and what were they in terms of justice? Uh, in term, what were they again, Dan? Do you have those? Yeah, yeah. So it was justice, power, yep. and care. yeah. We have a God who who promises justice. So we don't have to be concerned about that. He's going to take care of it. We have a God who is infinitely powerful. So no matter what happens to us, what is thrown at us, what we are threatened with, we have a God who is more powerful. And that doesn't mean that that things might be super comfortable here on this world, but but man, what a confidence booster. And that that he cares for us. Like those three things combined is such a freeing uh, courage booster for the way that we encounter life. Because here's the deal, right? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but let's be honest. Do we come into seasons of life or do we encounter things in our life where fear is produced? Absolutely. But it's in that moment that we have that choice of, of what are we going to do? How are we going to respond? Are we going to respond by allowing that fear to control or are we going to respond by allowing God's promises and God's graces that we already have obtained in our life to control. Um, and man, and how important, again, going to your guys' point, like how important it is for us to be a community that that uh, rallies around one another uh, towards that cause. Well, yeah, and just just to, I think it's really interesting to, t- to talk about that, that moment. Mm-hmm. We, it's important, like you said, to understand we can't live our lives expecting to avoid fear. If, especially if we're being faithful to what Jesus is calling us to do, and that is to be his witnesses, to be his ambassadors, to verbalize the gospel, to, to share our faith with people. So if we're being faithful to that, then we fear is just going to be part of the equation, yeah. right? And so, and I love, I love you bringing our attention to that moment where we have a choice, like, are we going to step out in faith and trust in, in God's justice and power and care um, and, and just you know, go ahead and say what we need to say. Um, I, I love that thinking about that moment, but I think one of the things that I w- took away from what Gary shared on Sunday was we have to prepare for that moment. Yeah. So that moment is crucial and it's, and we're, we have to decide what, what happens. It's a crossroads, but we have to prepare a certain type of way in anticipation for that. Yeah. And, and I'll just say, I, I'd love to give two brief, very quick examples. And I'm not patting myself on the back, but where I did well in, in this arena, 
and please understand that these are two of maybe <laughs> way less than I'd like to admit, right? Like there's obviously times where I rant. There's times where I decided not to speak up. Um, but, but to your point, Dan, the preparation piece is sometimes hard in terms of like trying to figure out specifically how are, how is this going to go? And that's not the goal. It's not to say I need to be prepared for specifically these kinds of things. It's saying, am I investing my time in such a way that when opposition comes at me, my perspective is so established that I'm willing to stand up for truth or I'm willing to proclaim the gospel even in the face of, of hardship. Um, two, two quick examples. I've shared this before on Sunday morning, um, but after it was like the year after high school, I was out to lunch with some friends from high school. Um, and two, two of these friends had started dating and another buddy was there. So it was four of us. And they were asking me very pointed questions about my faith, about what I stood for, all those kinds of things. And I, it was an incredible conversation. And in the midst of this, this other guy that was there started blaspheming Jesus, started mocking me relentlessly, saying some of the most horrific things that I will not repeat here. And I turned to him and I said, hey, like, can you either leave or, or stop talking that way? We're having this kind of great conversation. We're, we're getting into this stuff. And as I was telling him that, he, he punched me in the face. Like we're sitting at a Mexican restaurant in Dublin, Los Pericos in Dublin. Oh, it's a great spot. Great pops spot. me in the face. And so I sat there and I, I was like, what do I do? Do I punch him back? Like, you know what I mean? Like you're going through those things. But it was so beautiful because the spirit of God, it was very clear that the reaction was, hey, I turned to my friends, these these two that, that were interested, and I said, hey, let's meet up later this week when this guy's not here. And, and we'll continue this conversation. And I got up and I left and I just, I just walked away and it was great because they called me and they're like, turn the other cheek. You should have turned the other cheek <laughs> right here. Come on. You got me here. You get me here now. Let's go. Um, well, and it was funny because, because one, these folks called me back and we were able to continue our conversation free of that distraction. And two, this guy that punched me was my ride. So I had to walk home. So I was walking home <laughs> and all of a sudden his car pulls up. And he rolls down the window and he's like, get in the car. And I was like, I'm not getting in your car, man. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. And he's like, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what happened, but let me give you a ride home. And we ended up having. And that man ended up being. <laughs> That's not true. Not true, y'all. But that was, that was one of those situations, right? Where in the midst of it, it was so out of the blue that it was only because there had been this foundation laid that I was able to respond the way I did. Because I'll tell you what, in that moment, it was that fight or flight, run away, just get up and run and don't say anything or punch him back as hard as I can. And I'm grateful that by God's grace, that didn't take place. The other experience, and, and I think this one is one that we're probably all more familiar with than um, you know that kind of hostility when preaching the gospel. But I was on a plane and I was sitting next, I was in the middle seat, six foot six, stuck in the middle seat, y'all. It was horrific. And it was a long plane ride. And there was a, a group of, it was some like a uh, college soccer team that was on this same flight. And a couple of the guys on this team had apparently purchased pornography at the airport before we boarded our flight. And they were yelling at each other across aisles, across the plane, holding up pictures that they had in their magazines to each other and talking about these pictures. And it was horrible. And these two ladies next to me were both clearly, as, as was I, very uncomfortable. Very, it was a threatening thing. And, and in that moment, right, like here is, here is an opportunity to defend truth, to, to stand up and say something. And again, I mean, part of me was like, nope, just going to put my headphones on and tune out, right? Like, I'm just going to pretend this isn't happening. But in that moment, like, God was like, nope. And so I stood up and I turned around and I said, put the filth away. If you have a problem with what I'm saying, we can talk when we land, because now's probably not a good time to deal with that. But you all need to sit down and keep your mouths shut the rest of this flight. And I sat back down. And again, once again, that's, that's not like... That's not, like, my, my natural response in that would be to just drown it out and ignore it. 
But listen, we're faced with that kind of hostility constantly, whether our neighbors are using horrific language in front of our kids, whether our buddy down the street is saying something derogatory about his wife. There is constant opposition to the gospel that we face on a personal level, and we need to be a people who are prepared and ready to stand for truth. It's a mic drop moment right there. Wow. Uh, next time I see him, I'm going to punch you and see what you do. <laughs> no. But with, man, you, so, hey, with you, Sean, I, I'm, I'm ready to punch you back, baby. Let's go. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I want to know, like, how how hard of a punch, you know? Is it kind of like on a scale of one it, to ten? So, so yeah, it, I would say it was like a six. It was not, it was not like closed fist as hard as he go, could. He hit yeah. me with, it was like, a, not a slap, but he, he had his, finch, his fist clenched. But he hit me oh, with yeah. the palm of his hand. So it was just kind of like across the table, yeah. dunk, which hurt. It hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it, oh, yeah. Wow. It's not great form. No, it was bad not, form. Not, yeah. it, it made me think yeah. I could take this guy, but I decided to do what was best in that situation. <laughs> wow. Well, those are great examples of persecution. And like you said, I love that you said, like, hey, we're all going to encounter this. You know, if we believe that we live in a broken world and if we believe that God calls us to be salt and light to that world, then we have to expect that this is going to happen. And I think that, Dan, what you said earlier about this just being, that's the way it is. If we're going to follow Jesus, fear is part of the game and we need to know that. I think that's a big part of where people get get caught up and they fall short is that they're not expecting this. You know, they're so they're so caught off guard. But Jesus tells us, Many, many times. And Paul tells us, and Paul tells Timothy many, many times, if you follow Jesus, you're going to be persecuted like he is. You know, you're going to encounter these things. And so then the question becomes, what do you do now while you're waiting for that to happen, right? Yep. And to me, two, two huge things come to mind of how we prepare for fear and persecution. And Gary talk, touched on some of these things in his Sunday message, but... You know, I, I like this analogy of like, say someday, some you know with no uncertainty, 100%. You don't know when, but you know that someday you're going to have to run an ultra marathon, you know, 50 miles. And most of us can't do that right now. What do you do now? You know, do you sit idle and just fret about when that marathon is going to happen, how you're going to do, you know? Probably not if you want to do good in that at all. No, you train for it. You know, you spend time now working up to that and training for the ultra marathon. In that same way, I think we train for this. You know, we train for persecution, we train for fear. And I think two huge things we can do, which maybe we can take this apart if you guys want to. The first one is we spend time now, daily, weekly, whatever, hourly, reminding ourselves and reflecting upon God's promises, right? We need to know God's promises if we're going to try to stand upon them later in those fearful moments. So spend time doing that. And the second thing is we need to spend time now soaking in and just reveling in Jesus's character so that, again, when those moments come and you get punched in the face, you know how Jesus would respond to that so you can do the same. You know, if we're not doing those things, then we're really not preparing for that marathon of persecution and fear like we should be, right? Yep. It's a perspective thing. I mean, I I think that is such an important point to... We have to build our worldview based off truth, and we know God's word is truth. And so when we go to things like, like 2 Timothy chapter 1, when we go to things like Matthew 10, what, what Jesus has to say to his disciples, you see these same, these same concepts, right? Um, in, in, in the 2 Timothy thing, it's this, that God, by his providence, by his sovereignty, has ordained us to live in this time and in this place. And he has called us and given us freely eternal life. And Jesus has brought to light life and immortality, right? Like these are huge things that that if they are not foundational in terms of our worldview, in terms of our perspective about life, if they're not, if they're not there at the core, we will crumble. It's it's what Jesus says right back in Matthew, what is it, Matthew 7? where he says, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, like lives by them, is like a man who builds his house on, on the rock and the rains come and the winds come and the waters rise, but the house stands firm. We've got to put these things into practice in the way that we perceive, in the way that we live within this world. Yeah, and and to, to kind of even take it a little bit further, 
we also have to prepare in terms of how we communicate those promises, yeah. right? So, so we have to be grounded and centered on those promises, but then we have to, we have to understand how the culture around us thinks and, and, and what they kind of deal with and what the kind of vernacular is out there so that we can contextualize the gospel, like in this time and place. Yep. And that's where I think apologetics is so huge. And there's so many great resources. Standtoreason.org is a, is a great place to go um, where you can just, it's, they have a searchable like archive of, of articles and videos and sermons, podcasts, and any kind of topic that you might be questioned on with regards to your faith. You can learn about how to communicate that to people in a way that is going to make sense and in a way that's going to be uh, respectful and and done done with gentleness. Like I love what Peter writes in chapter three of First Peter. He says, um, he's talking about suffering for righteousness' sake. Right? He's telling he's telling us, hey, if you suffer for Jesus's name, you're blessed. Right? And and then he says, have no fear of these people that do this to you. Don't be troubled. But this, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Mm. So, and I love that because first of all, if it doesn't, if, if all of this stuff doesn't start from that place, that place of honor and worship and reverence for God, then I, I think we're we're missing out on the the that source of power and 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 of uh you know worship really. Yeah. Anyway, so then he goes on, he says, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you yet do it with gentleness and respect. And, 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 you know, it goes on even to say about our manner of living, right? So do this with a good conscience so that when you are, when you do experience this hostility, when you are slandered, when people do revile you, you know, they won't have any ammunition because you're living a righteous, good, holy life. You know, and so it's the content of the promises. It's, it's, it's how we communicate those promises. And then it's the manner in which we're living that really kind of come together to, to, to provide our witness. And that's so good. And I think like an important part of that is when we're talking about apologetics and being able to communicate the gospel and communicate God's promises, it's not even just for everyone else. You know, like your, your own heart benefits from that so much. And again, to bring up like David, reading through all the Psalms, half of those are, are talking to himself, you know, his own soul, preaching to his own soul, the truths about our God. And in that same way, I think it's so important for us to practice, even if we don't use that tool on someone else for a long time, man, we're benefiting from that so much. And haven't you guys ever heard like, oh, if you can't teach it, you don't really know it, right? Yep. And it's totally, totally true. If you can't communicate the promises of God and, and, and what he tells us about ourselves, about the world, then you probably can't really clearly tell it to someone else either. And I would say like even experientially, like you're, you're so, so on track there, Sean, like it's, it's, it's the confidence that comes from understanding, right? That when we, and you could take that into any arena of life. When I understand how to hit a baseball, I'm going to be confident when that ball's thrown at me that I can hit it, right? Like it, it comes from knowledge of something to be able to actually do that thing and then practice and experience and all that kind of stuff. But there is a knowledge that's needed there. And, and, and that's my, my thing with apologetics, especially is there is such personal benefit in pursuing those kinds of, of studies and those kinds of things, because it solidifies for us where we come from and what our worldview is and where we stand. It It bolsters our bolsters our faith. Right. And then when I have that groundwork done, when I'm in a conversation specifically with somebody that I know and that I love and that I care about, that relationship then affords the opportunity to explain truth and to defend, right? It's not like some debate that I'm getting ready to get into. Right. That's not the point. Though Those times may come. I think those are way, way more removed. Those don't happen nearly as much as the opportunity I might have to sit down with somebody who I love and care about who doesn't know the Savior, and they're asking me how— for, Specifically right now in this season, this has happened multiple times, but how are you dealing so well with Sarah passing? And I get to sit there and say, this is this is the hope I have, right? Like the, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. ready to talk about this stuff, right? And it's not just 
it's not just because I'm trying to like win them over to Jesus, though that is so my heart and my prayer, but God's going to deal with that, that he's going to deal with them. But it comes from this place of absolute confidence in who my God is for myself that promotes this care and heart and and speech that I give out towards this other person. Oh, man. And I think like, first of all, it's so encouraging and it's awesome. But I think like when I listen to what you're saying, a word that just keeps going to my mind is just freedom. Yep. You know, yes. when you've done yes. this groundwork, you have freedom to engage with things. And yeah, I'm going to give an example as that's music related for Dan and I. And if you're not a musician, just bear with me. Hey, I play music too. Get out of here. Well, you play bass. It doesn't really count. Uh. So anyways, <laughs> for us, for us real musicians out here, um, you know, Dan and I lead worship a lot. And that was a dig, dude. Oh, boy, I'm kidding. That's fire. You know, we, we, lead, we lead worship a lot and there's songs and we have the same opportunity, you know, of there's, we could prepare well and understand the song or we could not. And Dan and I have both done both of those things. And there's such a difference because when we don't do that and we haven't done that groundwork, what does that look like? It's like, well, we, we lead worship and we're looking down, staring at the chords, trying to figure out what chord comes next. We're, we're looking at the lyrics. We don't know them well enough. And that, that consumes our focus, you know, on the flip side, when we do that groundwork and we really understand the song, man, we have freedom. We don't have to be looking down. We can, we have freedom to engage with the Holy Spirit, with our body and all those things to so just worship freely in the same way with apologetics and the same way with God's promises, like there's nothing wrong. And of course it's important to when you're encountering fear and persecution to pause and look up scriptures and all those things. But if you already know those, man, you have so much freedom to just engage with them freely without having to look it up and all that stuff. And like, Charlie, your thing of like, if someone asks you how you're dealing with Sarah passing, you don't have to stop and Google search a, a scripture about people dying to, to respond to them, right? Nope. No, this truth is living in your heart and you're free to engage with them authentically. Yeah, that's great. And so, so let's, let's issue this challenge. If you do not have the notes from Sunday, from what Gary talked through, specifically Altamont folks, you guys probably won't hear this specific message. Go on to vbc.online, go to, what is it? Watch service now or something. There's a big old button there, yeah. What is it? There's a big old button on Watch the front. Watch online yeah. service. And then there's the thing that says message notes. Bring those message notes up. Memorize Matthew 10, 26 through 31. And also try to memorize the, the uh, clarification that Gary gave in his outline. But listen to these words, right? Have no fear of those who might be opposed or hostile to you. For nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both the soul and the body. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Like if, like if we can internalize that truth and internalize the teaching that Gary gave with it, that there is there are so many things communicated from God's justice, he's gonna bring things to light, to God's power, that he has control way beyond anybody who might be opposed to you has. And he has incredible care for you. If you can get those things in your head and be able to think through that passage and walk through that passage and do that for the next month, every single day, take time just thinking through those three things, that is the kind of thing that will prepare you that when something comes against you, you can stop and immediately recall. And this is what the Holy Spirit yeah. does in us, right? He brings truth to mind, the truth of what Jesus spoke to mind. And you can go through and say like, one, God's going to deal with their hostility and their sin. So I don't need to. Number two, God is powerful enough to save me, and he has through the blood of Jesus. Number three, God cares for me, so no matter what kind of suffering I might have to endure, I understand that God is in the midst of that with me, and he is dedicated to me, right? When we can internalize that yeah. stuff, what can come? If God is for us, what can come against us? Yeah, and, that, and that's something that Gary said on Sunday that really stuck out with me was just when Jesus is explaining this to his disciples, he 
he it seems like obvious, but I don't know. He expects this to work, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and he expects the disciples to be able to internalize it and think through it and be like, yeah, you're right. You know, and even when Jesus sent them out, this is before the Holy Spirit came in power at Pentecost, they went out two by two and he gave them instructions to go bring the, the gospel, you know, out into the world. And he's like, Hey, you're going to, you're going to have mixed reviews. Yeah. You know, people are going to throw you out of town, all that stuff. Right. Um, and so, so even for the disciples who weren't living with the power of the Holy spirit that we have now under the new covenant, they, they were able to get this and think through it and, and, and live it out. And so I think that should kind of, that should basically encourage us to, to say that this is possible. Like, you know, I think Gary even called out some people on Sunday. He was like, he's like, I've talked to people throughout the years and I'm sure there's people in this crowd right now who are basically hearing me say this and they're saying, nope, not me. I'll never do it. I, I'm, I will, I will, I will take this gospel with me down to the grave, you know, I'll, and I'll never share it with anybody else. And, um, I really appreciate that he was calling the, you know, those of us out that are, that are, that are thinking through that way. And just to make it so clear, Jesus was so kind to just say like, this stuff will work. Like if you really do, you know, get to a place where you're settled on, you know, that, I, that I'm a just God and then I'm a powerful God and then I'm a God who cares for you then you will be able to, to do these things. And, and, you know, one thing that just comes to mind as we talk about the hostility that we face in our Western, um, you know, world, a lot of it is um, people just uh, basically calling out our belief system as a myth or as, phony or a human construct, or basically just saying it's not, it's not reality. And a lot of times what the hostility that we face is where we share something and then people come back at us with a claim. Yep. Yep. Do you agree? Do you agree? And so, so just one, one little tactic I think that has helped me throughout the, throughout the course of, of those kinds of experiences is just saying, okay, well now they have taken on the burden of evidence because they've made a claim. And so you can gently and politely and respectfully say, Oh, well, like, tell me what you mean about that. Like, wh where did you get that idea from? You know, like, I would love to hear like why you believe that. Back it up. You know? Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And a lot of times <laughs> people can't do it, <laughs> you know, or, or just like what you were saying, Charlie, about, you know, what Jesus taught about, building your house on the sand versus building your house on the solid rock. As soon as you say that to somebody, it immediately reveals where their foundation is. Do, is there, is their claim built on something solid or is it, is it just hogwash, you know? And, and a lot of times the people that we're going to interact with, it's, um, you know, it's hogwash. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have any real evidence for why they believe what they're saying, what they're claiming they heard it on the radio somewhere or their, their dad taught it to them or they read a book somewhere, you know what I'm saying? And they don't really have, they don't have the, the strong foundation that we have in the word of God and the tradition of, 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 you know, Christianity being passed down through the generations. You know? Yeah, that's so true. I'm so glad you bring that up because the, that, that topic of people being hostile towards us because of a lack of truth you know, has a lot of implications. And one of those things I think what we talked about last week a little bit is cancel culture, you know, yep. which, you know, you may have heard of out there of people, someone being canceled because of a, a statement. And a lot of times, like you just said, Dan, they're not grounded in truth, you know, but people to kind of jump on that bandwagon. And so as we think about that, you know, I think it prompts an important question and maybe this can kind of be one of the, the main themes that we're going to end on here, but I want to go full circle to Charlie near the beginning. You talked about perspective, you know, and as we're thinking about persecution and cancel culture, just what is our perspective? And I don't want to be all like Sunday school-y with our answers here, but it all starts with Jesus, right? It all starts with us beholding Jesus. And so I think it's an important question. Again, we said this last week, but man, are you willing to get canceled for Jesus? You know, 
what is your perspective of eternity in light of these things? How are you holding your hope of eternity in comparison to your hope of the world? And again, like you said, that perspective, 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 because if you are doing these things, if you are beholding the glory of Jesus on a daily basis in your heart, how can you not give up everything this world has to offer for eternity spent with him, right? Yep, yep. Well, and that's the point, right? Like that's, Dan used this word, hogwash, as as like he that? was as he was talking about some of the and think about this term hog wash. It's not car wash; it's a hog wash. And what happens oh, after you wash a hog? They just it's just filthy. It's it's not. It, it's just not a lot of point in washing a hog. It's hog wash. It's not worth your time. It's not. There's nothing of value there, right? And and yeah, it's it's got to come down to this this determination that I think comes through the Spirit of God when we place our faith in Jesus that says that says i am willing to sell everything i own i'm willing to sell the very world itself in order to go purchase this field where i found this treasure right jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure found in a field and a man who stumbles upon it goes and sells everything he owns everything who he is he abandons that in order to go purchase that field does the gospel does our hope, does the love of God compel us to live in that kind of way where everything else is considered rubbish, everything else is considered hogwash compared mm. to the knowledge and the love of our God? Yeah, that's good. And another thing that comes to mind when you ask that question, Sean, is Jesus is teaching um, or just the, the you know, this whole account in, in Mark 10. And it really kind of starts with, with Jesus interacting with the rich young ruler. And if you, if you're familiar with that account, basically this, this, this man comes to Jesus and says, Hey, I want to follow you. Like, what do I have to do? And so it's, you know, this silver platter kind of evangelistic opportunity, you know, for Jesus. And, uh, you know, Jesus has this interaction and he says, um, well, you know, you got to follow my, my commandments. You got to, you got to do all these good things. And he's like, well, I've been doing that ever since I was a kid. Da, da, da. And Jesus of course has the advantage that we don't have all the time in evangelism. He can see into this man's heart. Um, and he, he knew the exact right chord to strike with him because he was, he, he had great wealth and many possessions. And so he said to him, all right, well, easy. All you got to do, if you want to come follow me is just sell everything you have, give it to the poor and then let's go, you know? And, um, and the, the man leaves sad because he had great wealth and he, and he could not give up the things he loved, um, and, and love Jesus more, you know? And, um, and so then there's this really, you know, inner weird interaction. Well, first of all, it's like, man, Jesus, like you blew it. Like this guy, this guy was on a silver platter for you and, and you blew it. But, um, Jesus, I love this about Jesus is all throughout the gospels, he makes it very, very clear what it's going to cost to follow him. He never, he never dupes anybody. He never, um, you know, uh, tries to bury the lead on that whole thing. He's like, you got to count the cost. If you're going to come to me, you got to take up your cross daily and follow me. It's going to, it's going to require sacrifice and suffering and, and you're going to have to give up much to follow me. And then, so, so then it's really interesting. Like Peter then says, he's like, well, look at us, Jesus. Like we've given up everything that, that, that we've had. We left our whole entire life. Like, man, aren't you, aren't you so glad that, to, that you have us, you know, like, and, and Jesus says, um, this, this amazing, uh, you know, response to that. He says, truly, I say to you, which is kind of like Jesus's way of saying, you know, shut up, Peter. Like, <laughs> let me, let me tell you something real here. But he says, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sister, sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. There's a caveat there and in the age to come eternal life. Now, what Jesus is not saying here is give me a dollar. I'll give you a hundred dollars. Leave your tiny house. I'll give you a mansion, right? What he's not saying is, is materially, you know, it's, this thing is couched in relational and familial, yeah. you know, context. And so for us, 
you like, if we like the question you're asking, Sean, like, are we willing to get canceled for Jesus? And, and I think if, if we're not clear on that, I think it's because we don't understand what Jesus is offering to us. If we forsake the world, you know, like the, according to, 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 the, to Jesus's promises, like if we have to lose relationship or status or belonging because of Jesus's name and because for the sake of the gospel, Jesus will repay us in this age, in this lifetime with places and buildings and communities where we can go and belong, where we can feel like we matter, like we can feel like we, we are, are cared for and loved. So no matter what we have to leave for Jesus's sake, not only do we have that eternal hope like you guys were talking about, and Jesus reiterates that in this passage, but we will now experience a hundredfold relationally and familially in the family of God and with our connection and intimacy yep. with Jesus. Yep. Amazing. Full circle perspective, right? right? Yep. That's a matter of perspective. Well, and I think that's, that's, that is the response. Like that is the heartfelt response that, that, I give myself to him because he gave himself for me, right? Like when when that is is identified, I I am willing to surrender everything I am, my reputation, I don't care, whatever my life for that cause. But how beautiful is it that God in his grace gave us the church, right? Like to to have those relationships, to have that family sense that that we we can walk securely because of of what Christ has done for us what that compels us to do i can lay down my life completely because i know he's also called me to be a part of a family who is dedicated to loving me and caring for me and holding me up yeah so jesus doesn't ask us to 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 take up our cross and follow him without giving us like like what we leave for Jesus, it will always like what we get from Jesus is so much more than what we leave for Jesus, oh, right? Yes, <laughs> like uh, infinitely uh, <laughs> more. <laughs> very, very much so. And it's not even just that; it's not even just what He has offered. But He didn't leave us alone, right? He He gave us a helper to to go through this not alone. And again, thinking about that marathon process, and I think we're like getting ready to wrap up here. But as we're doing that marathon. You know, what does it say? When we're told to run the race with endurance that's set before us, what are we supposed to be doing while we do that? Uh, keep our eyes fixed on the prize. Look into Jesus, y'all. Look into Jesus and be holding him in that process. Yep. You know, and as we think about that analogy of we're running this marathon, again, we're not alone. We have the Holy Spirit there, our helper, who can help us through these encounters and lean on him. And you can think of him. He can be our little backpack while we run, that kind of thing. That's good. <laughs> that's, that's good. All right, hey, before we, we close out, we've got some action steps that we want to make sure. You know, we've, we've talked about a lot. Number one, I'm just going to go back to my challenge. Memorize Matthew chapter 10, verses 26 through 31. And think through those three things that Gary challenged us on this past week on Sunday at the crossing. God's justice, God's power, and that God cares for you. Think about it in those terms. Sean, I think you had a challenge too. Yeah, you know, just again, you know, we so many action steps, and again, it all starts with our perspective. It all starts with our perspective yeah. of our Savior Jesus. Dan, like you were saying, man, are we willing to give up everything? Is it hogwash in the light of Jesus and eternity spent with Him? And if you don't feel that way right now, I mean, we all go through seasons, you know, if you don't feel that way right now, then man, you're not alone. Do some prayer, dive into His Word engage with relationship and fellowship like we're talking about. Come yep. to extol. Oh my gosh, what a great way. Come to extol and worship with us tonight. Yep. And as you do that, again, remember, memorize, as Charlie said, God's promises, and then just soak in and, and revel in Jesus's character and in the, the who he is to us. Anything to add, Dan? Yeah. And I just, I, I think that the hope that we have in Christ is yes, a hundred percent for eternity, like this glory that we're going to step into. And we have to hold that, yep. you know, um, up so that we can see it. But it, but it's not just a hope that just sits and waits for that day. It, it's a hope for now too, that, 
that we can experience the life of God, <clears throat> you know, the peace of God, um, in the freedom of God, like in our lives now. And so, you know, I was just talking with someone yesterday who was just kind of discouraged because, you know, they were just thinking like, man, do I have to just wait for heaven to like, they're going through a really tough season. And, and they were saying, man, do I just have to wait for, until heaven to like, I feel like I'm just grinding it out right now and there's just no joy in life. And I, I, I just, when I look at how Jesus describes life with him, yes, there's suffering. Yes, there's hostility and trial and we should expect that. But also there's incredible joy in abiding with Jesus. And so if, if that part of your life is um, <clears throat> gone cold or dry or stale in some way, um, please reach out to us because, um, you know, it's, it's, there's no like a quick fix or little tricks you can do or anything like that, but there may be some things that we can encourage you in, um, to just, to just change, to change the way you, you interact and abide with, with Jesus and his word and, and to, to really, um, not just have it be, a kind of a perfunctory, uh, or, or intellectual kind of, I don't know, rigmarole, you know, there's a way for, for, for us to have intimacy with God, um, that produces life. And if you're stuck in a place where it's just kind of blah, um, that's, that's not, that's not life. You don't have to be stuck there. And we would love to help you get out. First of, of all, perfunctory rigmarole is a great band name. Uh, <laughs> number two. Yeah, Dan. And, and, and listen, and, and just, just to be clear, there are times where life is a grind. But what separates those without joy and those with joy is recognizing that the grind is worth it. It's worth it. And God has something for you in it. So please don't don't feel dismissed if your life is a grind right now. Believe me, my life is a grind right now. But my hope is centered on him. And because of that, even in the midst of the grind— I have incredible joy and incredible confidence that God is using it for his glory, for his kingdom. Amen. I love both those points. And yet what a reminder that we we serve and we stand righteous before the throne of a living God. Amen. Amen. Living God. So, so, so yeah. eyes wide open, guys. Keep your Woo. eyes open. Be looking for those opportunities to speak truth. Don't fall asleep, y'all. Let's do this together. Just be, 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 be hard hitters for the kingdom of God. All right, guys, we'll see you today, hopefully to pray with you for the National Day of Prayer. And we'll see you tonight at seven for Extol to worship with you. And man, just just sit in and, and worship God for his promises and his truths. Woo. Please come, please come. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.